Welcome to the Truth Must Be Told podcast. Thank you for joining us today as we share the good news of Jesus in this uncertain world. If you have any questions, suggestions, or comments, please reach out to me at thetruthmustbetold93 at gmail.com. Now, if you've missed any episodes, you can go to anchor.fm and look for me, Sal Passos. While you're there, hit the support button and help this podcast to continue. For those of you on YouTube, don't forget to hit the thumbs up button and subscribe to this podcast so you don't miss any of these exciting shows. Thank you once again for your support, and I'll be seeing you soon on The Truth Must Be Told. Hey, are you ready for the trumpet to blow? What are the reasons for the trumpet blast? We'll be discussing it today on The Truth Must Be Told. So stand by. He's just ignorant. He doesn't know any better than to tell the truth. It's the truth. I just want to report the truth. It'd be a nice change of pace. When in doubt, tell the truth. And when I try to tell the truth, they kick me off the air. You can't handle the truth. And now, speaking the truth, even though it hurts. Here's the host of The Truth Must Be Told, Sal Passos. And hello, hello to everyone out there in uh, podcast land. It is good to uh, be with you. It's Tuesday, and we are just having a wonderful day today. Um, Of course, I didn't sleep at all last night. I've been kind of tired, so today has been kind of a, yeah, uh, just appreciate your prayers as we continue to find out what the deuce is going on with me. Anyway, here we are, and the truth must be told, at the the secret headquarters uh, located somewhere in Alabama in an unknown bunker. No, this is just my studio in my house. I'm just glad to be here with you. And, uh, of course, uh, before we start uh, today, as always, we have to have it since this is Tuesday. You know what that means, don't you? It is your weekly cuteness overload. That's right. Cuteness overload because there's so many crazy things uh, going on in the world today. So, uh, also, uh, you know, um, we have to mention... No, not happy birthday. No, not that. Please, no, not happy birthday. (laughs) Yes, it's happy birthday, and I want to wish my friends... Mike in Connecticut and Dave in Connecticut, both my guys in Connecticut here. Uh, I hope you guys, one's 64 and the other one's uh, 30, uh, 63 and the other one's 34. So uh, God bless you guys. Uh, I know how it feels to turn uh, 63 and I wish I remember how it was when I was 34. But God bless you. Have a happy birthday. Okay, that's for some reason that one's not working. I thought it was. Okay, well, whatever. All right, so, um, but welcome, welcome, welcome to the show. All right. Whoa, hold on a second. (laughs) Sorry about that. Okay. Well, yeah, yeah, we we make mistakes here. Sometimes we push a button when it's not supposed to be pushed a button. So I didn't expect that to happen. I was just trying to jump ahead of myself here a little bit. Anyway, uh, yes, that was the bugle blast for charge. Uh, in thinking of this uh, this show and uh, the different uh, bugle sounds, let me move this uh, camera down just a little bit here. Um, thinking of the different sounds and uh, of a bugle. 
You know, uh, uh, the U.S. Army has used um, many trumpet or bugle calls. Uh, they indicated to the soldier what to do. The sound of the bugle could be heard for a mile or more over the sound of the battle. Uh, they had many different calls. They had call for reveille, uh, which was, you know, get up, let's get going here. Um, sick call they had. They had one for fixing your bayonets. They had one for retreat. Assembly call. They had one for attention. They had another one called boots and saddles, and I'm not sure what that meant. Um, the another one was call to arms. They had the charge, which we just heard. There was actually a bugle call for church, believe it or not. Uh, they had a mess call, and it was probably the soldier's favorite to hear was the mess call. Now, um, the sound of the instruments have been used for years on the field of battle. This is, this is not anything new. The use of instruments in war not only was a mean of, means of a communication, but it was a psychological weapon as well. Uh, for example, the British used fifes and drums. Now, the fifes could be heard for great distances. And you could hear the high-pitched, you know, a fife is a small uh, flute, for those of you who don't know. <clears throat> the idea was that as they were marching into battle, the sounds of the fifes and the drums could, would cause fear in the hearts of the enemies, hearts of their enemies, um, for they knew this great army was approaching. Uh, they're not the only ones, though. The Greeks and the Romans used brass and percussion instruments in their armies. There have been horns, drums, bagpipes, flutes, all kinds of things used in armies. Uh, in fact, history records many instruments being used in battle. We see it through a lot of things, and probably most of us have seen movies of armies going into battle, blasting some sort of horn or marching to a drumbeat. And it could even, uh, doesn't necessarily have to be uh, a drumbeat. If any of you watched the movie Zulu, uh, you would see them banging on their shields, you know, boom, 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 just to create a, uh, and, and chanting. Uh, and as they were running in, they would bang the shields as well, make a, a distinctive cadence. And, you know, those things are, 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 they would, they would strike fear into the heart of the enemy. And it would be like, okay, I give up now. <laughs> I don't want to fight no more uh, before they even uh, get started. So I, I just, you know, it, it, it's, it's a very powerful and persuasive tool that's used on the battlefield. It's been used for years and years and years. You know, and I've personally, I've marched in a high school band and in a VFW marching team. So my love for, for uh, marching music is very strong. It probably because I have a heart. I have that, I have music in my heart, in my blood. Now, one of my distant relatives was John Philip Sousa, known as the March King. Um, now, many of his, many of the patriotic songs you hear played on the 4th of July and other events like that are John Philip Sousa's. And, uh, excuse me, one moment. I forgot to mute my phone. Supposed to go into silent when I turn it upside down. All right. Now there's something. Uh, there's something about the beat of the drums and marching in a cadence that's magical. It really is. You hear that, and your feet just want to move. You know, your feet just want to move into that that rhythm. <clears throat> and different armies had different cadences, and they had to learn. They had to learn the different things. And the you know so the and the again the blast of the trumpet. The soldier had to understand what that particular blast meant and what, what, what they were supposed to do when that particular sound came forth. 
<clears throat> now, um, in the Bible, the, they use trumpets to declare a battle or announce the coming of, a, of the bridegroom or various other ceremonies. Uh, it's interesting. If you go on YouTube and look up uh, sounding of the shofar, the shofar was the uh, one of the Jewish trumpets. They did have uh, other ones that were made of, of silver and, uh, and uh, uh, I don't think they had brass, but they had metallic horns as well. But the shofar was from an animal's horn, and they would, so you see this really twisty-looking thing, and that was the shofar or the trumpet. And uh, they would use those, uh, especially in different, now they had the Feast of Trumpets, where they would, you know, so there was all kinds of things that went on. Uh, the battles in the, in the uh, Old Testament, trumpets were used decisively, uh, they were used at the Battle of Jericho. Uh, they were told, God told them, and it came upon, upon Jericho. It was so, the walls were so thick that I think it said three or four chariots could ride in abreast side by side. That's how big and deep it was. Uh, you know, the depth of the, the width of the wall. And you had... Uh, so there was an impenetrable forces, in, in, impenetrable fortress. So when they went in there and locked the gates, there was no way anybody was getting in. And, uh, and when uh, Joshua got there, um, uh, yeah, we all in Joshua at the Battle of Jericho, Jericho, Jericho. Do you know there was a song about that? When Joshua fought the Battle of Jericho and the walls came tumbling down. Yeah, so um, he he went with his, he was told, get the priests and everybody and the Israelites and march around the walls. Just march, march. Don't say a word, just march. And the uh, next day did it again. They did that for seven days. But on the seventh day, God told them march around seven times. So oh, here come them stupid Jews again. Look at them. Look at them. There they're marching around. They're going to go away. They're, wait, wait. they're starting again? Oh, wow. What's up with these guys? Oh, oh, wow. Wow, they're starting again. Oh, that's three times? And they marched around the wall seven times. And on the seventh, the seventh time, they, they would blow the trumpets. And on the seventh time, God said, Shout, for the Lord has given you the city. And they shouted, and the walls fell. And they said that they went in. The walls crumbled to such a degree that they, the Israeli, the Israelites can just, they marched right in. They didn't have to climb over anything. Just, uh, it amazes me. Uh, one of my favorite stories is the one of Gideon. Now, Gideon, here, here's a guy. Gideon is is got a, a, a great army that's come against him, okay? And, <clears throat> and Gideon... Uh, was told, you know, go into the camp. Go into the enemy's camp at night and listen. And he goes down and he listens to the uh to the uh these two guys talking and they said, Oh, what you know, I, I we're all gonna die here. I said, what do you mean? Well I had a dream that this, you know, this stone came rolling through the camp and he says, and obviously the stone was Gideon and he's gonna wipe us all out. <clears throat> and uh But you got to understand, leading up to this battle, Gideon only had 300 men. He started with, I don't know, thousands, 
and God whittled them down. And then he finally whittled them down again to, to, to uh, he told them, he says, all right, go and watch them drink. And the one who puts his head down into the water and laps like a dog, send them guys home. But the ones who who um, who would take this scoop it scoop it into their mouth like this, he said that's or yeah the ones who put their face down send them home the ones who would lap it like a dog like this. Those you can keep, and I would imagine that the ones who put their heads down were the ones that were subject to attack, so they weren't paying attention very well, and they uh, and and but the ones that are like this are being able to watch while they're drinking. They can still stay alert. So, but God whittled it down to three hundred men, and uh, so Gideon, they're going to they're going to attack at night, and he orders that uh, torches be put in clay pots, and he or, he has the three hundred men with trumpets. Now, can you imagine this: three hundred trumpets, and they surrounded the camp of the enemy. And uh, he said, when he gives a signal, to blow the trumpets and then smash the pots, to let the light shine out. So they, they, they blow the trumpets. Can you imagine 300 trumpets, 300 shofars blowing, 300 of them. And then they smash the pots and this light shines out on the, on the camp and they yell, the sword of the Lord and for Gideon. Wow. Talk about, I hope the enemy was wearing their brown pants because I'm sure a few of them got really scared. But he went in and he defeated them. And, uh, but many, many instances of trumpets occurred in the Bible. And it wasn't only trumpets. I mean, they also sent out singers. I was, as I was sitting here thinking, um, I was sitting here thinking it's a different scenario, but it's just one of my favorite stories of Jehoshaphat. And he's, he's outnumbered like 15 to 1. And uh, he knows he's going to die, so he declares a fast. And a prophet speaks up and says, no, no, go out tomorrow against them. He said, the Lord's going to fight your battle. Just go out there against them. The battle is mine, not yours. And this is a lesson we need to learn as Christians, right? So old, Je- old uh, Jehoshaphat gets out there, and he starts uh, marching out towards the enemy's camp. But what, did they put the, did they put the, uh, did they put the uh, army up in front? No, they put the choir. <laughs> He got singers, and he told the singers to sing, and they praised the beauty of holiness instead of shouting out a battle cry. And they sang to the Lord on high, praise ye the Lord, his mercy endures forever. Excuse me. And they went and they went down in, and the enemy didn't even left to lift a hand. The enemy started killing each other. <laughs> it took them three days to bring the spoils back. I love that story. Anyway. Um, all right, so there's many instances of trumpets that occur in the Bible, many, many times. They're, like I said, they were used for festivals and things like that. However, there is coming a time when trumpet blasts are going to bring woe to the people of earth. In the book of Revelation, it talks about three types of, or three kinds of, of uh, plagues that are or three instances where God's wrath is going to be thrown out. You have the first starts with the seals and the seals. Then after the seals come the trumpets and after the trumpet come the vials or the bowls. 
But in uh, starting at chapter 8, talks about the seals uh, being opened after the seventh seal was opened. And this is, I'm going to go on from here. So just bear with me a little bit as I try to uh, bring this to you, as you see on the screen. So John saw seven angels who stood before the throne of God, and they were given seven trumpets. All right. Now, when the first angel sounded his trumpet, hail and fire mixed with blood was hurled down upon the earth. One third of the trees were burned up and all the green grass was burned up. Done. Uh, and the, uh, the second trumpet sounded. Uh, a huge mountain, all ablaze, was thrown into the sea. One third of the sea turned into blood. And one third of the living creatures in the sea died. And a third of the ships were destroyed. Okay. The next trumpet blows and a great star blazing like a torch. And it's called Wormwood. Uh, it fell from the sky and a third of the rivers and on the, uh, it fell from the sky on a third of the rivers and on the springs of water. So a third of the waters turned bitter and many people died from the bitter waters. The fourth trumpet sounded, and a third of the sun, moon, and stars were struck. They didn't shine. Um, the day was cut, about a third, a third of the day was cut without light, and a third of the night was cut. So the days were shortened. That's what Jesus said. If those days weren't shortened in those days, no, nobody would survive. Also at this time, people are going to see that an angels will announce they'll be flying midair calling out woe 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 to the inhabitants of the earth because of the trumpet blasts that are about to be sounded by the other three angels the fifth angel sounds and the abyss is opened and what looks like looks to john like locusts dark in the sky and they were given power like that of scorpions to torture all men except those who did not except those who did have the seal of God upon them. So if they had the seal, if people were sealed by God, the locusts weren't to touch them. And they tortured these men for five months. Men sought to die, but death will elude them. They will not be able to die. This is going to be, imagine that. You're being tortured and, and, and stung and, and all this stuff from this, these locust-type creatures who were given very specific instructions, and for five months, bingo. Um, the sixth trumpet sounds, and the angels, there were four angels that bound the Euphrates River, they were released. And they went and killed a third of mankind, and a two million man, 200 million man army marches across the Euphrates. And we're talking at this point, this is uh, what bringing us into the Battle of Armageddon. Seventh, the voices in there are in the seventh sounds and voices in heaven say the kingdom of the world has become the kingdom of our Lord and of his Christ, and he will reign forever and ever. The 24 elders fell on their face and worshiped. God's temple in heaven was opened and within his temple was seen the ark of his covenant. And there were came flashes and lightnings, rumblings, peals of thunder and earthquakes and a great hailstorm. So right there we have the kingdom of God is being declared at this point. And I just I find it interesting that uh that 
God's temple in heaven was open. Now, remember, Book of Hebrews talks about the temple and the things that we we have. They're only a shadow of the true things. All, see, this is what I try to keep telling you. In the Old Testament, the new was concealed. In the New Testament, the old is revealed. And the things <clears throat> that God set up for the temple was a copy of the true one in heaven, Book of Hebrews says. So, there's an Ark of the Covenant, apparently, in heaven, where it must have been the mercy seat, where Jesus sprinkled his blood, okay? And it was seen, uh, you know, now I don't know whether everybody on earth saw it or whatever, but I'll tell you one thing, it's, it wasn't, it it wasn't going to be a pleasant time for the people of earth, that's for sure, and... Um, so that's the seven trumpets that are described in uh, in um, in Revelation, and we'll be uh, we'll be discussing it on the other discussing some more on the other side of the break. So go ahead and stand by. Yes, I'm having trouble pushing buttons today. <laughs> All right. So, um, the trumpet judgments come between the seals and the vile judgments, okay, and uh, or the bowls. Uh, men will still be cursing God during this time. There will be those who will be who will be who will get saved during this time, but they will die by execution by the Antichrist. He's going to chase down. All true believers in Jesus Christ, those who have confessed Jesus and rejected him, those who would not take the mark, uh, the mark of the Antichrist, the mark of the beast, they will not, he'll chase them down and he'll destroy them, he'll kill them. Now, when we speak of trumpets, as far as, excuse me, as far as judgments are concerned, um, I was looking at Joel chapter 2. And Joel chapter 2 describes a time when an army will descend on Israel. It's the day of the Lord. Now, when the term, they say here, Blow the trumpet in Zion, sound the alarm on my holy hill. Let all who live in the land tremble, for the day of the Lord is coming. Now, this was a, a forewarning. Okay. And he begins to describe <clears throat> this day of the Lord. Now, the day of the Lord it always is, is, it pertains to the return of God who's bringing judgment. It's a time of, of final judgment, okay? Um, now, it begins with blowing the trumpet in Zion, so sounding an alarm. So here was, the, here was a trumpet call to warn people. It's the judgment's coming. The judgment's coming. And uh, he describes it as a day of darkness and gloom a day of clouds and blackness. Now, Joel is describing the beginnings of the Battle of Armageddon, which is going to take place in the book of Revelation. We see that in the end times at the three-and-a-half-year mark. The Antichrist is going to come into power. 
He's going to establish a, uh, a covenant with Israel. He is going to bring peace to the Middle East. He is going to establish all these things. And at the three and a half year mark, he is going to, at that point, decide, that's it. It's over. I am declaring myself as God. Okay, that's in the middle. He breaks the covenant in that three and a half, three and a half years into it. And, uh, and this army is coming to do battle with the armies of the Antichrist, who, who in a last-ditch effort to destroy the Jews, gathered the, gathered the armies together in a valley of Armageddon. Now, let's, uh, let's read here. Blow the trumpet in Zion, sound the alarm on my holy hill. Let all who live in the land tremble. For the day of the Lord is coming, it is close at hand. A day of darkness and gloom, a day of clouds and blackness. Like dawn spreading across the mountains, a large mighty army comes, such as never was of old, nor will ever be in ages to come. Before them fire devours, behind them a flame blazes. Before them the land is like the Garden of Eden, behind them a desert waste. Nothing escapes them. They have the appearance of horses, they gallop along like cavalry. With the noise like that of chariots, they leap over the mountaintops like crackling fire consuming stubble, like mighty, like a mighty army drawn up for battle. At the sight of them, nations are in anguish. Every face turns pale. They charge like warriors. They scale walls like soldiers. They march in line, not swerving their course. They do not jostle each other. Each marches straight ahead. They plunge through defenses <coughs> excuse me, without breaking ranks. They rush upon the city. They run along the wall. They climb into the houses. Like thieves, they enter through the windows. <clears throat> Before them, the earth shakes. The sky trembles. The sun and the moon are darkened. The stars no longer shine. The Lord thunders at the head of his army. His forces are beyond number. And mighty are those who obey his command. The day of the Lord is great and dreadful. And it is dreadful. Who can endure it? Um, now, there's two parts here. Uh, first part we see is uh, it's a day of cloud, day of clouds and blackness, like dawn spreading across the mountains. A large, mighty army comes, uh, such as never was of old, nor never will be in ages to come. This army is describing the Antichrist's army at this point. Okay, up to that point, up at verse uh, verse three, verse two. Excuse me. Uh, now he begins to describe God's army. This is not the same army. There's two different armies being represented here. Now before them and behind them a flame blazes. Before them the land is like the Garden of Eden and behind them a desert waste. Nothing escapes them. Talk about them at this point. It refers to all the saints who will be with the Lord at the coming at the second coming. This is Revelation nineteen fourteen. And God's army is unstoppable; they cannot be hurt. And you see that they they um, they jostle each other. Each marches; they plunge through defenses without breaking ranks. They can't be hurt. All right, they don't break ranks. They don't jostle each other. They don't. They they won't. It's, uh, sometimes in battle, you inadvertently hit your partner because of the heat of the battle, but this isn't going to happen. These guys are going to march in straight ahead. And uh, 
it's just an incredible army. I mean, they leap up on the up on the walls. They you know they'll rush upon the city. They run on the city, rush on the city. They run on the wall. Oh, great is the army that carries out his word. So we see here, the Lord thunders at the head of his army. And that's referring to all the events that take place from uh, verse 2 through 11. The Lord is in charge, and he will destroy the armies that come against, against uh, Israel. So blow the trumpet in Zion, Zion. Sound the alarm on my holy mountain. Blow the trumpet in Zion, Zion. Sound the alarm. I so wanted to play that today, but everything is copyrighted. <laughs> so, <clears throat> even worship music, everybody's out for a buck. Um, but uh, anyway, your uh, the 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 judgments, <laughs> you know, the the the, the, it, the so blow that trumpet in Zion because sound an alarm. The day of judgment is upon us, is, is, upon, is coming. And who is going to be able to stand on that day? Now, this is talking particularly about the judgment of, of Israel. All right? Not talking about us. Not talking about the church. But as far as the judgment of, of the Jewish people, God is going to settle everything with them. He still loves them. He still loves them. And he is going to discipline them, and he's going to give them an opportunity. They will see that Jesus is the Messiah. They'll come to recognize that. And, the, you know, there are many who will turn and uh, turn to him. Uh, but right now, right now, there is a warning being blown. You see, before this great and terrible day of the Lord, before the seven trumpet judgments are sounded, before the world goes through the rest of the judgments, you know, the vile judgments and the, the trumpet judgments and the seal, before all of that takes place, another trumpet will sound, and it will be sounding very soon. It is the trumpet call of God. And... Huh. First Thessalonians, First Corinthians, fifteen verses fifty-one and fifty-two says this. Paul says, "Listen, I tell you a mystery: we will not all sleep, but we will all be changed in a flash, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trumpet. For the trumpet will sound, the dead will be raised, raised imperishable, and we will be changed." <clears throat> excuse me. First Thessalonians four, chapter one. Uh, <coughs> excuse me. <coughs> Excuse me. First Thessalonians, yeah, First uh, Thessalonians four. Excuse me, brothers, we don't, we do not want you to be ignorant about those who fall asleep or grieve like the rest of men who have not hope. We believe that Jesus died and rose again, and so we believe that God will bring with Jesus those who have fallen asleep in Him. According to the Lord's own word, we tell you that we who are still alive and are, and are left till the coming of the Lord will certainly not precede those who have fallen asleep. For the Lord himself will come down from heaven 
with a loud command, with the voice of the archangel, and with the trumpet call of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. After that, we who are still alive and are left will be caught up together with them in the air, and so we will be with the Lord forever. Therefore, encourage each other with these words. And I, I really love this passage of Scripture, and let me discuss it just for a little bit and go off topic just for a moment. Now, Paul was had to really get with the, um, the uh, Thessalonians here because you know, he says, they don't want you to be ignorant. Or ignorant means, you know, it doesn't mean you're ignorant. It means you're, it's something bad. It's Ignorant means not knowing, okay, um, about those things, about those who fall asleep or who grieve like the rest of men. Now, so they're talking about the people who have died. And the Thessalonians were worried that the people that have died will have missed the return of the Lord. So there was a lot of concern. They, they, were, they were expecting Christ to come back in their day. Okay, so, um, you know, brothers, we do not want to be ignorant about those who fall asleep or grieve like the rest of men who have no hope. And this thing of grieving like the rest of men who have no hope, how many funerals have you folks been to where they're not Christian funerals and those people are weeping and crying and lamenting and just tearing at themselves because they lost and they grieve the loss of this loved one? Do me a favor, don't do that for me. Don't do that with me. Rejoice with me because I'm going to be in heaven with Jesus, absent from the body, present with the Lord. And when Jesus comes back, okay, we're not going to, the people who are alive are not going to precede those who have died, okay? He's coming. It says here, God will bring with Jesus those who have fallen asleep in him. According to the Lord's own words, we tell you that we who still are, are still alive and who are left until the coming of the Lord uh, will not precede those who have fallen asleep. For the Lord himself will come down from heaven with a loud command, with the voice of an archangel, and the trumpet call of God. And the dead in Christ will rise first. So he, the, the spirits of the people who have died are going to be reunited with their bodies. Mm -hmm. The graves will burst wide open. <laughs> the sea will give up their dead. God will miraculously reassemble atoms or whatever he's got to do for people who have been burned to death or who have been cremated or who died 2,000 years ago. Their body's dust now. But God's going to reassemble those bodies and they're going to be changed into glorified bodies, and they will be reunited with, their, with the spirits that are in heaven. And then we who are alive remain, we're going to change. These, this mortal flesh of ours will put on that immortality. He talks about in Corinthians. And we will be changed in a moment, in a twinkling of an eye, and we're going to be caught up. That caught up, again, harpazo, Greek word means snatched away. When they translated it from the uh, Greek into the Latin Vulgate, they used the term rapture, where we get our term rapture. 
and uh, we're going to be caught up together with them in the air, and we're going to meet the Lord in the air. He's not going to touch down on earth this time. He's going to be in the clouds, and he's going to take the ch- his children away. This is what the Bible says, and there's a lot of scripture about that. <clears throat> Excuse me. Now, do you remember when I talked about the Jewish wedding, when the bridegroom came to get his bride, how they would blow the trumpets to announce his arrival? The bridegroom comes. There's the shout. It's going to be the shout. And this is how it's going to be when the rapture happens. Jesus comes in the clouds, snatches away his bride. I have never been so convinced that, that, that more than ever, I am more convinced that we are living in the last days and that the return of the Lord is imminent. He's coming for all those who call upon him. All who have renounced their wicked ways and are looking forward to his coming. Paul said it. We believe that Jesus died and rose again. And so we believe that God will bring with Jesus those who have fallen asleep in him. There's the point. We we believe Jesus died and rose again. Now in the book of Romans, Paul tells us that if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified, and it is with your mouth that you confess and are saved. Confess him today before men. Look what it says in Joel chapter 2, verses 12 through 13. Even now, declares the Lord, return to me with all your heart, with fasting and weeping and mourning. Rend your heart and not your garments. Return to the Lord. Uh, Return to the Lord your God, for he is gracious and compassionate, slow to anger and abounding in love, and he relents from sending calamity. God doesn't want to destroy the people, but he has to. He's a just God. He doesn't want to send people to hell. People go to hell because they reject God. It has nothing to do with whether God sends them there or not. People go there on their own. They're going to go down into it. God doesn't wish that any should perish, but all should come to repentance. And so many people today tell you, um, they tell you, um, follow your heart, do what your heart tells you to do. But the Bible says man's heart is wicked. Man's heart's wicked and evil. And who could know it? God alone knows the heart. Okay? And he could he could change your heart. But you have to ask him to do that. Um You know, in the book of Romans, I think I said this already, but if I didn't you know, you need to, yes, you need to confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead. That's, that's the prerequisite to being saved. And you will be saved. This this isn't, you don't have to do anything fancy. You don't have to go to a certain church or say a certain prayer or do a certain thing to get saved that has nothing to do with it. What gets you into heaven is you realizing that you're a sinner and that Christ died on a cross for you. 
We all deserve hell. There is none righteous, no, not one. There's not one of us that deserves any mercy from God. Because for all our lives, we have rejected him. When you realize, you have to realize that, that God loves you. He made a way. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. That's Jesus. Jesus came. Jesus was God in the flesh. The second person of the Trinity. And he came and he died on a cross for you. He died for you on that cross. He took the punishment that you deserve. He, he shed his blood on the cross so that no matter who, no matter what, can come to him and beg for forgiveness. You know, as that song says, as Amazing Grace plays out again, that grace is amazing. It, it, we don't deserve that grace, but it saved a wretch like me. Like Paul said, he's wretched of all sinners. He's the worst of all sinners. Paul, the Apostle Paul. He's the chief of all sinners. It's because you get saved doesn't mean you're not a sinner anymore. You're going to make mistakes. But if any man sins, we have an advocate with the Father, that is the Lord Jesus Christ, and that we can go to him and he will forgive us our sins because he died on the cross for our sins. And the Bible says that uh, the Bible says that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. You don't have to get cleaned up. You don't have to do anything. You just come to Christ. I pray that you make that decision to ask Jesus into your life. Ask him to forgive you. There's no certain prayer you have to pray. No certain words they have to say. There's no magical formula. There's just you asking Jesus to forgive you for your sins and asking him to save you and just forgive you. And he wants to do that. He wants to. He's reaching to you right now. Don't neglect this opportunity. Don't be left behind. Don't be left behind. We want to see you. Don't be left behind. You must be born again to be caught up. Repent and believe the gospel. The gospel being that Jesus died on a cross for you. If you have any questions, comments, or concerns, you could reach me at thetruthmustbetold93 at gmail.com. That's thetruthmustbetold93 at gmail.com. And I'll be glad to help you or pray with you. Promise you, you won't get spammed. But thank you so much for uh, tuning in today. I hope to hear from you soon. And we'll see you next time on The Truth Must Be Told. God bless.